The Republican Party is already looking ahead to the next presidential election. Republican National Committee Chairman Goofy T. Clueless says they have a deep pool of candidates who will stir up the same kind of enthusiasm and loyalty as Donald Trump. In an interview with his official Kasich for President teddy bear, Mr. Clueless said, quote, I think we need to go back to the successes of the past. Remember Jeb? Exclamation point. How many candidates are so exciting they actually have an exclamation point after their names? Not many, believe you me. If we can get Jeb back in the game, I think we might run the entire gamut of punctuation marks, which is something our voters care very passionately about. Unquote. GOP strategist Rick Wilson also chimed in, issuing a statement from a bath filled with pieces of silver stamped Vote for Joe and saying, quote, Everywhere you look, voters are breathing a tremendous sigh of relief that the Hitlerian reign of Donald Trump is over. You can see them pouring into the street in their tens of thousands, waving the Donald Trump flags I'm sure they're carrying out to the trash. I warned them about Trump's burning the Reichstag, his authoritarian refusal to expand the power of the federal government, and his corrupt gathering of wealth through betrayal and lies. Oh, wait, that last one was me. Still, now that none of my warnings has come true, I'm sure CNN will be turning to me to ask how the GOP can move forward, unquote. Other establishment Republicans around the country have also contributed suggestions, including a Romney and the corpse of John McCain ticket, although some object that the corpse of McCain lost when he ran last time. They're also considering the new campaign slogan, vote Republican, we won't destroy your freedom quite as fast as the Democrats. And to generate some of that Trump-like excitement, they're also looking at other TV personalities like Bill Kristol and the tentacled mind flayer from Stranger Things. But I repeat myself. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. Oh, hooray, hurrah. All right, we are back, laughing our way through the imminent uh, fall of the Republic. Uh, please go on YouTube and subscribe to the Andrew Clavin channel because that is my channel where I am and you can get all my content there. And if you ring that little bell, it will be delivered to you directly uh, by a small little elf with a red suit and a tiny reindeer. Um, although and and he has uh, the Chinese virus. If you leave a comment there and it's sufficiently bigoted, stupid, ignorant, and angry, uh, it will just fit in with the rest of our commentary, so we'll read it on the air just to fill time. Uh, today we have Sport Nugget. He says, Clavin leaving us to die every weekend is the reason Trump lost. Just imagine how many Biden voters he's created. I, it's, it's true. I don't think the problem is I'm creating Biden voters. I just think they now outnumber us because of the deaths over the weekend. Uh, tough. Uh, guy, guy needs some time off. So as I listen to the corporate news media rip into Donald Trump for not conceding the election, and I hear them wondering how, oh, how can Republican voters and politicians stand by the president is in, in his attempts to expose the voter fraud, which for the first time in human history doesn't even exist anywhere. Three incidents keep coming into my mind. One is Christine Blasey Ford's utterly unsupported accusation that Brett Kavanaugh attacked her when they were in their teens. I remember weeks of headlines, female reporters describing attacks on them that were somehow supposed to serve as proof against Kavanaugh. 
Feminists with breaking voices talking passionately about how their pain was being ignored. And then I think of Tara Reid, who plausibly accuses Joe Biden of having shoved her against a wall and forcibly penetrated her with his fingers as an adult. No press, no feminists with breaking voices. Crickets. I also think about Trump's Russian collusion, celebrities lighting candles with Robert Mueller's face on them. Remember that? Comedians and journalists explaining the Trump-Putin connections, like the guy in that Sonny in Philadelphia conspiracy meme. Then I think about Hunter Biden's laptop, genuine evidence of Joe Biden's plan to profit off doing business with the Chinese Communist Party. No candles, no comedians. In fact, news and social media openly suppressed a major corruption story during an election. Finally, there's the Chinese virus. Churches shut, Americans bullied in their homes, while Black Lives Matter and Antifa thugs run riot with the approval of the media. Now, now these same media nudniks can understand why no one respects or believes them when they say the election was on the up and up. They keep looking into cameras and speaking in their Ted Baxter authority voices, even though every poll shows our trust in them is lower than in any other institution, including Congress, the mafia, and that homeless guy on the corner screaming at Neptune through a broken cell phone. How long can this go on? It seems to me there are only two ways forward. This empire of lies either has to be disassembled and replaced or they're going to have to force us to pretend to believe in them, like the emperor's new clothes. They're going to have to use racial theory workshops in our offices and threaten to fire us and cancel us and ruin our lives if we don't toe the line. Lies lead to oppression. You need to oppress people to pretend to believe in your lies. Otherwise, the lives won't survive. If you don't force us to believe in them, we just won't. So, For those of you who keep asking me, and this question may now be the top question I get, what are you supposed to do when they come into your workplace and your Facebook page and they force you to say this instead of that, to think this instead of that, to use this pronoun instead of that? What are you supposed to do? You have three kids to support and you got to pay your mortgage. You can't afford to lose your job. All I can tell you is the answer has got to be some form of resistance. If you can't stand up alone, which I totally understand, organize. Stand up together, hire lawyers, sue. This is the fight we're in. This is the fight for the country. It can't, it's not going to be won for you by people on the, in the media, and it's not going to be won for you by politicians. It's going to be won by you. They have an empire, and all we've got is right on our side. So let's get started. So I have to admit, I'm still kind of an innocent. I'll probably go to my grave an innocent about computers. I just, they seem so useful and I just use them. But they, there are people out there who use them to steal your stuff, including your identity, uh, your, your credit cards, all that stuff. They sometimes hide malware in emails. They send you an email that looks like it's an invoice or an invitation or something and you click on it uh, and then a pop-up appears and it prompts you to click enable content or enable editing. But if you do this, the attachment installs malware on your computer. I mean, it's just, I don't know why people do this stuff, but they do. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. This holiday season, you could miss certain identity threats if you're just monitoring your credit and bank statements. So get LifeLock, the leader in identity theft protection. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information being used in their network, they'll send you an alert. They've sent me a couple. It's really helpful to know. No 
No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help you feel warm and protected this holiday season. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Clavin. That's LifeLock.com slash Clavin for 25% off. And, you know, you don't have to go on the dark web to know how to spell Clavin. I'll tell you. Oh, wait, this is the dark web, so maybe you do. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. You know, it's so funny. Whenever I point out that... For instance, just for instance, this election was actually a victory for the right. It actually was, if if Trump had been a little bit more palatable to people, and who knows? I, like, I don't know whether his claims of... Uh, of massive government, of massive voter fraud are true. I know there was voter fraud. I know that things were more out of whack than they've ever been because of the virus and because Democrats seized upon the virus to get rid of any transparency in voting they could. I don't know whether that ginned the election. My problem is I was predicting a certain thing would happen for the last four years that Trump would alienate voters using the very powers that we elected him for and those voters seem to have been alienated. The places where he lost votes are in suburbs. That's what we thought was going to happen, and that's what happened. And so it, it seems entirely possible that voter fraud is not what made the difference. But we'll talk about it more. Uh, it's, just, it's just I'm not convinced of it yet. But on the other hand, why should we believe anything, anything the media says? Let me just, let me just show you one clip. You know, there's a new vaccine out. Now, I, I was calling them the Trump scenes because they were... Uh, put out by Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed. That's how they got done so, so quickly. Uh, somebody on Twitter, a, uh, a Twitter account called Kafifi Planet said, no, we should call them magazines, which I thought was just so much better than mine. That, that's what we'll call them from now on, the magazines. Uh, so the newest magazine from Moderna is apparently 95% effective. Uh, so that's really good. And so you all remember, I played this on the air, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, said, oh, no, no, I don't want this distributed by Trump. I'm going to wait till Biden comes out. I don't want it in New York. I'm not, I don't trust Trump to distribute it in the right way. So Trump said, answered by saying this as a cut 23. He doesn't trust the fact that it's this White House, this administration. So we won't be delivering it to New York until we have authorization to do so. And that pains me to say that this is a very successful, amazing vaccine at 90 percent and more. But uh, so the governor, Governor Cuomo, will have to let us know when he's ready for it. Otherwise, we we can't we can't be delivering it to a state that won't be giving it to its people immediately. And I know many, I know the people of New York very well. I know they want it. So the governor will let us know when he's ready. So all the headlines, NBC, The Hill, there was all, Trump says coronavirus vaccine won't be delivered to New York. And that, that rotten Trump, that terrible. So when they lie and lie and then lie, why should we believe them when they talk about the virus, when they talk about the election, when they talk about anything? Why should we believe them? And it's a problem for them even more than it is for us. So there, there is a crisis now in Democrat land. And I know you don't believe me. You know, it looks like Trump is going to leave the White House and everybody's upset about that. And I don't blame him. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that what really happened in this election was people looked at leftism and said, no, the people of America held the line. They had problems with Trump. Everybody has problems with Trump. He's a problematic guy. You know, it, I, I kept saying the same things that made him strong, that made him cool, that made him succeed were the same things that alienated a lot of people. It was as if God picked this guy up and used him as a battering ram against the walls of Jericho that, that defend the empire of lies. And as those walls started to crack, Maybe the rest is up to us. Maybe Trump is no longer the guy we need in there. Maybe the rest is up to us. 
The Democrats don't know what hit them. They've lost eight seats net in the House. Eight seats after telling us they were going to sweep. It was going to be a blue wave. Remember the blue wave? They've lost eight seats. They could end up losing as many as 13 seats. They'll keep the majority, but it's going to be the smallest uh, majority since 1919. Okay, they're going to have the smallest majority in the House since 1919 if they lose as many as they could possibly lose. Joe Biden leads Donald Trump in the national, reading this from the Wall Street Journal, Joe Biden leads Donald Trump in the national popular vote by about 3.6%, okay? House Democratic candidates are ahead by only 2.1%, and that is an exaggerated margin because a lot of them ran unopposed, so they won by big margins, right? So in other words, people didn't like Donald Trump, they voted against Donald Trump, but they also voted against the Democrats. Now listen to what happened when Nancy Pelosi, and let's just, as a reminder, let's remember that Nancy Pelosi said, started out by making fun of AOC and the squad. And then she thought, oh, the wind is at their back. I better start being more of a leftist so I don't lose that part of the party, right? Now, here's what she's saying about this genuine disaster. I mean, Joe Biden had zero coattails. He may have had the opposite of coattails, whatever those are. He had zero coattails. He didn't, they're losing people in the House. And here's what Nancy Pelosi said. Cut 14. We should get credit for holding our majority in an election when they won the White House, putatively won the White House. Now, that may work on TV. Reporters are so ignorant and stupid at this point. They may believe her. They may, are so biased. They may believe her. And it may work with some new Congress people who don't know their elbows from a hole in the ground. It may work with those people. But anybody who knows anything about politics knows she got blasted. Okay, she got blasted. And now the question is, why did it happen? Now, AOC, the, the head of the squad, I guess we can call her, appointed by the media. This is all appointed by the media. She was appointed by the media. These are four. The squad is four newbie congresswomen with no backing outside of the media. They are in safe districts. They're winning their districts because there's not a Republican anywhere to be found. If, if there is, he's hiding because he doesn't want to be come up against Democrats. She's in a safe district and she is preaching. She doesn't even know. She thinks, <laughs> here's a cut where she's she's really sorry they lost the majority. She's not even paying enough attention to what's happening in the House. This is a cut too. You know, of course, um, the loss of the House majority is just extraordinarily upsetting to all of us. Um, it's upsetting to all of us who who are invested in having a Democratic majority uh, so that we can expand health care, so that we can raise wages, so that we can um, protect working people. Um, and it's also personally very difficult. <laughs> she, she thinks they lost the majority. She is an ignorant person. It's, it's really sad because she is actually a, a promising, intelligent young lady who, if she had an education, uh, could pro would probably know stuff and be an effective person. But as she is, she's a very ignorant person. But she is saying, no, you know, the mistake we made is we played to moderates. It's like me saying, no, we should, we, we should get more candidates like Trump uh, instead of candidates like Mitt Romney. But the difference there is that Trump is actually, Trump's opinions, his policies, not him, not his personality, but his policies are actually mainstream. See, they keep telling us that radical right-wingerism is the Constitution. 
That's not true. Radical right-wingerism is bigots and some guys who are on the far right and believe there should be no government and all that. That's radical. Those are guys who are in the comment sections of some websites, but they're not anywhere in the government. Radical mainstream right-wingism is Trumpism. It's freedom. It's the Constitution. It's business. It's keep some of the welfare state in place. Don't let the welfare state be taken away because we need it in case things go wrong. That's kind of mainstream right-wingerism. Far leftism is AOC. It's defund the police. It's, you know, uh, hate hate your white self. Uh, let's be bigots and let's, let's talk about uh, color all the time. Bernie Sanders, I'm just telling you that these guys are wrapped up in this media world. They are so deluded. They don't know what happened. They don't know. And they're, they're in a hell of a civil war in the Democrat Party, as they should be, because it's been taken over by a couple of ignorant and some, some like Ilhan Omar, corrupt women who do not know what they're talking about and are playing to their district, but not to the, the country. So here's Bernie Sanders saying, no, 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 this, this is a communist. Bernie Sanders is a guy who supported Cuba. He supported the Soviet Union. He supported the communists in Nicaragua. This is a communist telling us, no, 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 it's an illusion that we're radicals. This is cut three. Nobody I know who's running for office talks about defunding the police. What we talk about is making police officers accountable, making sure that police departments do what they can do best, figuring out how you deal with mental illness, how you deal with homelessness, whether those are in fact police responsibilities, making sure the police officers are not killing innocent African-Americans. That is not defund the police. <laughs> but he's lying, as he always lies, because he keeps saying, well, I mean, we're going to have an economy like when I say socialism, I'm talking about Denmark. And you say, well, Denmark doesn't have socialism. Well, I don't know anything about Denmark. The guy will say anything to get the communism he wants. He will say anything to get the communism he wants. When AOC was asked what defund the police means, she says it means defund the police. Yes, they were running on it. And when the Republicans took ads out saying this is what they're running on, they're running on social. See, they think it's messaging. They, one, of, one of the moderates said, I never want to hear the word socialism again. It doesn't matter whether you use the word socialism. It doesn't matter whether you use the word socialism if what you're talking about is socialism. Here's this guy, Raphael Warnock, the Reverend Raphael Warnock, who's running in Georgia to get Kelly Loeffler uh, against Kelly Loeffler, the Republican. This is the one they need. This is the one they're pouring it onto. Here, here he is talking about what is wrong with America. This is cut 11. And if it is true that a man who has dominated the news and poisoned the discussion for months needs to repent, then it is doubly true that a nation that can produce such a man and make his vitriol go viral needs to repent. No matter what happens next month, more than a third of the nation that would go along with this is reason to be afraid. America needs to repent for its worship of whiteness on, on full display. It has to repent for its worship of whiteness. But there's no radicals. In the way. It's, it's messaging. It's messaging. Jake Tapper asked this clown about a, a meeting that he had at a church back in the 90s where Fidel Castro uh, spoke. Here is a Tapper question cut 13. Do you understand why there are so many people who view Castro as a, as a murderous tyrant and, and not someone to be celebrated? I'll tell you what I understand. I understand why uh, Kelly Leffler is trying to change the subject. I get that this is a distraction, but do you understand why people would be appalled by anyone celebrating Fidel Castro? Well, absolutely, and, and I never have. Uh, what I am putting <laughs> forward in this race is American values.
Yeah, except for the whiteness part. We don't want any whiteness. We don't want your face in there, your skin color. We hate you for your skin color. Bill Maher, the last sane leftist. He really is the last sane leftist. I've always treated him with respect, though I disagree with so much of what he says because he believes in free speech. He believes in common sense. He delivered an eight-minute diatribe that ended up with him saying this to the Democrats, his pals, cut one. Democrats kept saying in the campaign, you can't possibly think Trump is preferable to what we're selling. And many voters keep saying, yes, we can. In fact, our primary reason voting for him is to create a bulwark against you because your side thinks silence is violence and looting is not. Because you're the party of chasing speakers off college campuses and making everyone walk on eggshells and replacing let's not see color with let's see it always and everywhere, formerly the position of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> it would be so easy to win elections if we would just drop this sh They have no way of knowing this. The Democrats have no way of knowing this because they won't listen to Bill Maher because everybody else is telling them something different. All right, the holiday season is coming up, and that means that Bespoke Post has a brand new season of Box of Awesome collections for guys. These are guaranteed to upgrade your life, whether it's geared or upgrade your uh, autumn and winter craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature drops. Bespoke Post only sends guys the best, best, the best stuff every month. I have a dop kit they sent me. It is absolutely terrific. I love it. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. I like these quizzes. They're really helpful and they work because they send you stuff you really like. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over 70 bucks worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code CLAVEN at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code CLAVEN for 20% off your first box. And when you open them up, you have in order to open, you have to know how to spell Claven. It's just this weird thing they've built into it. So just so you remember, because some of you may not know, it's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Claven. I just make it look this incredibly easy. So now we have this election dispute, okay? It, how could we not have this election dispute? For weeks, months, the Democrats were suing to have to change the rules, to have mail-in voting. Oh, it's it's COVID and all this. And and listen. I'm not saying there's not some kind of argument there that people didn't want to show up and vote and all this, that people were afraid. How could they not be afraid with CNN telling them, be afraid? That was the message that was coming out of the New York Times and, and NBC and all of the networks. Be afraid. Don't listen to Donald Trump and, and who says, don't let this dominate your life. Let it dominate your life. Let this Chinese flu dominate your life. So there is some argument to be made, but that doesn't mean the Democrats weren't using that to increase the chaos and lessen the transparency. So now we have no reason to trust the Democrats and we have no reason to trust the media. We have no reason to trust the people who are supposed to be delivering the news. Remember, Tara Reid versus uh, Blasey Ford. Uh, you can't go to church, but you can go and protest. Uh, you know, all of the all of the lies we've we've heard all the time. Russian collusion versus Hunter Biden's laptop. All of the lies, all of the unfairness. And now they come to us and say, it's a crisis that you don't believe us and that you believe Donald Trump. Why should we believe them? Why should we say take them at face value? It's an unbelievable 
lack of self-knowledge. Here's, here's Donald Trump. Uh, at some point, he made a comment where he said Biden won, meaning Biden won unfairly. And so Twitter lit up saying, oh, you know, he's confessing, he's conceding the election, he's admitting uh, Biden won. And Trump tweeted back, this is a, a tweet uh, seven, I think it is. Uh, he tweeted back, he won because the election was rigged. No vote watchers or observers allowed. Vote tabulated by a radical left, privately owned company, Dominion, with a bad reputation and bum equipment that couldn't even qualify for Texas, which I won by a lot. The fake and silent media and more. He says, I concede nothing. Okay, he concedes nothing. And when they say, oh, this is, this is a disaster, this is terrible, look what's happening, why should we believe them? Why should we believe them? Here's here's Chuck Todd telling us that this is this, if this happened in another country, the, we'd be putting up travel advisories. Cut ten. The president of the United States refuses to concede the election, claiming falsely that it was somehow stolen. His attorney general is currently encouraging investigations into voter fraud, despite a lack of evidence that any of his exists. His secretary of state is suggesting the president will be inaugurated for a second term. Perhaps he was kidding. The president has fired his defense secretary and is filling the Defense Department with loyalists, some of whom traffic in conspiracy theories. If this were happening anywhere else, our State Department would be issuing grim reports about the future of that country's democracy. But that country is this country. It's happening here. So really, just just an you know how they say on Twitter, serious question, honest question? My honest question of Chuck Todd's serious question of Chuck Todd, why should we believe you? Blasey Ford versus Tara Reid, Hunter Biden versus Russian collusion. Uh, no church allowed, don't have any Thanksgiving, cancel Christmas. But if you happen to go out and riot and it's a, a peaceful protest, but a riot, uh, yeah, that's okay. Why should we believe you? And if we don't believe you, why shouldn't we believe Donald Trump? You know, I, I don't know the answer. Look, I, how could I know? How could I know whether Dominion software was changing every time you said Biden, it's it recorded as Trump? How could I possibly know? You don't know it. I don't know it. The guy tweeting on Twitter knows it. Here's what Sidney Powell, the Trump's attorney, says about it. This is cut eight. We have sworn witness testimony of why the software was designed. It was designed to rig elections. He was fully briefed on it. He saw it happen in other countries. It was exported internationally for profit by the people that are behind Smartmatic and Dominion. They did this on purpose. It was calculated. They've done it before. We have evidence from 2016 in California. We have so much evidence, I feel like it's coming in through a fire hose. Okay, now back in the day when I was a reporter, we had a thing called two phone calls, write it up. And two phone calls was, you found out, the, you got the facts, you found out what the facts were, you called the Democrat, you called the Republican, got each of their opinions, and then you wrote up the story. Here are the facts, here's what the Democrats say the facts mean, here what the Republicans say the facts mean. And because whether we were Democrats or Republicans, the, the editor would come in and say, this is biased, clean it up, make it straight. Let one person say, take his side, one person take another side. Okay. In that world, in that world, Sidney Powell is an attorney, a flash attorney with a client, right? She is arguing her client's case. That's not something that I immediately grab. Oh, that must be the truth. You know, she says she's got a witness who says Dominion is changing votes around. Okay. That's her, that's her point of view. That's her point of view. However, 
Sidney Powell was also the lawyer for Michael Flynn. You'll remember this. Michael Flynn was railroaded into confessing to a, something that wasn't even a crime because the FBI needed somebody to say, oh, yes, there is some kind of uh, reason for us to be persecuting Donald Trump. They ruined a an honorable veteran's life, basically, by uh, getting him on a process crime, lying to the FBI because he misremembered something. Even the FBI agents who... Uh, interviewed him, said they didn't think he was lying, but they needed somebody to hang so it didn't look like they were persecuting Donald Trump when they were persecuting Donald Trump. So that gives Sidney Powell a certain amount of grace, right? She was defending a guy we know was railroaded, and we know the press helped railroad him, and we know now that the whole Russian collusion, Trump-Putin thing was a complete fantasy, was Barack Obama using the power of the government to hunt down a guy who opposed his legacy and basically has now erased it, erased his legacy. And he did everything he can. He misused the power of his office to do this. So, so now we look at Sidney Powell and think like, I don't know, maybe Sidney Powell is telling the truth. She was telling the truth about Michael Flynn and the press was lying. What if the press had treated Michael Flynn fairly? What if the press had treated Donald Trump fairly? Then if they came out and said, you know, the numbers don't say that this is a uh, steal, then we would say, oh, well, let's withhold judgment, right? Then we would have to say, okay, uh, you know, we love Donald Trump. We're sorry he might have lost, but we have to withhold judgment. Instead, they've got Barack Obama. Barack Obama has his latest book come out. It's it's 15,000 pages long. The title is How I Suppressed the Economy and Blew Up the Middle East. Oops, sorry. It's a very honest title, surprisingly honest. No, it's not called that. It's called, it's called what, what a Great Guy. I think it's just called I. I, 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 I. Is it, uh, Barack Obama. Here is Scott Pelley, who is Ted Baxter. You remember Ted Baxter from the Mary Tyler Moore show? He was the silver-haired, handsome anchorman who was as dumb as a rock. And, Hi, I'm Ted Baxter. He used to make me laugh because I worked in the news business then, and I knew those guys. I knew those anchormen who would go on and know the news, and they were just dumb as rocks, all of them. So here is Scott Pelley, who is Ted Baxter, interviewing Barack Obama. And listen, I just want you to listen to the probing, insightful, incredibly difficult question with which he starts this interview with Barack Obama. Cut six. What are these false claims of widespread election fraud doing to our country right now? The president doesn't like to lose and uh, never admits loss. Um, I'm more troubled by the fact that other Republican officials who clearly know better are going along with this, are humoring him in this fashion. Um, it is one more step in delegitimizing not just the incoming Biden administration, but democracy generally. And that's a dangerous path. We would never accept that out of our own kids behaving that way if they lost. You know, I, I think that there has been uh, this sense over the last several years that literally anything goes. So this incompetent buffoon who used the IRS to silence the Tea Party and just really destroy the Tea Party was pretty successful op. This guy who used the FBI to investigate his opponent is complaining about the fact that Donald Trump wants a recount. <laughs> That's essentially what it comes down to. And you heard Scott Pelley's probing question, how does Donald Trump's lie, how badly does Donald Trump's lying about an election with absolutely no uh, fraud involved, how does that damage our democracy? Let me, I, I just have to read this only for comic relief. 
the Times book review of this doorstop of a book, and this is like the guy's like third memoir or something like this. This is the Times, the New York Times book review. New York Times is a former newspaper, it used to be a newspaper. Uh, here's their review of, of Barack Obama's book. Barack Obama is as fine a writer as they come. As fine a writer as they come. Remember Shakespeare? No, he's, just, he's as fine a writer as they come. It's not merely that this book avoids being ponderous, as might be expected, even forgiven of a hefty memoir, but that it is nearly always pleasurable to read sentence by sentence. The prose, gorgeous in places. The detail, granular and vivid. His language is unafraid of its own imaginative richness. Thank heavens that Obama's language is unafraid of its own imaginative richness. That you, you know, do they think we don't see them? Do they think we don't know what's going on, that we're just dopes? I, maybe they do, or maybe they're just so surrounded by their own people, they don't know what they look like. But why should we believe them when they tell us about the virus, when they tell us about the election? Why should we believe them? They have basically rendered themselves useless, useless to anyone who doesn't already agree with them, and harmful to the people who do agree with them because they're protecting them from 71 million of us who disagree, who have another opinion who think, as Bill Maher pointed out, that they're nuts, who would prefer Donald Trump, even those people who don't like Donald Trump, would prefer Donald Trump to their agenda. That's, that's the problem. It's a crisis for them because we're going to replace them. So many of you, I know, probably already have my pillow, and you like it because it helps you sleep. I like it because it helps me lie awake in comfort. Since I never sleep, I want Mike Lindell's my pillow. I'm a, a fan of Mike Lindell. I really like the guy. He's absolutely fearless. He says what he has to say, say, and he does what he loves to do, which is making comfortable pillows and comfortable sleep gear for you. You can get a queen size premium my pillow, which is usually $69.98. It's now $29.98. That's a 40 bucks saving, and kings are only $5 more. Now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow by now. And Mike Lindell will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. These are really, they really are comfortable pillows. You'll love them. You'll, you won't even question it the minute you get on it. You'll know what I'm talking about. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square. You'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper. I have one of those too. Very comfortable. And MyPillow towel sets. Or you can call 800-651-1148 and use promo code DAILYWIRE. We're just going to have our own media now, and that's what The Daily Wire is doing. And if you want to hear somebody take down the media, you should uh, get the uh, video enough by our God King, Jeremy Boring. He just takes them apart. This video was like number six on all Apple podcasts. This is his new series, Enough. It's a, he comes out irregularly whenever he gets just so ticked off, he has to say something say something. And, you know, he just talks about the, the media. And one of the things that bugs me tremendously about the media is the way they treated Melania Trump, who's somebody I admire. She obviously had a hard upbringing, and yet she made herself into something. And they kept pointing out, her, uh, you know, where she came from and how tough it was and the things she did to come out. But they didn't point out the fact that she was going around the world talking uh, to children in their language because she could speak five languages or whatever it was. Uh, they just didn't talk about what she made of herself. And I just thought that was really mean. I thought it was really nasty not to put her on magazine covers. And already they're talking about Jill Biden. Oh, her amazing wardrobe. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. So listen, 
you got to support us. you got to support us in this effort we are making to expand and to take them out. And just we don't even want to take them out. We just want to replace them. We just want people to turn on to us while we try and find the truth instead of them while they lie and lie and then afterwards lie. We've got big plans. We've got Candace Owens coming. We've got a new investigative journalism team. We've got uh, PragerU. We're hoping to expand out into the culture, which I hope will be a really big thing. And we are offering you 25% all memberships if you use the code election over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. We need you to subscribe because that way we're not uh, entitled, we're not uh, beholden to anyone but you. That's who we want to be beholden to is to you. So come on over and subscribe. It's dailywire.com slash subscribe, 25% off all memberships with code election at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Replace the corporate media with the Daily Wire. How could... As Donald Trump might say, what have you got to lose? So while we're talking about radicalism and truth and who do you believe, let me play another clip uh, of this this fellow who's running in Georgia, Raphael Warnick, uh, where he is he's a preacher. And I, I think this is a, a, about 10 years ago. I don't think this is up, up to date, but he's obviously not changed about this. This is not uh, something that where you change your mind on. He is preaching that uh, Jesus basically supported Marxism, that Jesus was a Marxist. That's cut 12. I love this Pope. He said, well, I'm not a Marxist, but I know a few Marxists and they're pretty good people. So hard to discover and to hear an authentic vision and voice of authentic spirituality that gives voice to the least of these. And when it shows up, People describe it as some strange ideology rather than the vision of that poor Palestinian prophet who said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The poor Palestinian prophet. The poor Palestinian. He was a Jew. <laughs> he was a Jew. <laughs> you know, that's it. He's just going to have to settle for it. He was a Jew and he was the son of God. And this guy is saying basically he was a Marxist. And that is just not the case. So. I, I want to talk about this for a minute because I feel that we that that there is a tendency on our part. There is a tendency on our part to basically when they say white, we say black. If they say black, we say white to say the opposite of whatever it is they are saying. And and I feel that this. This tendency is a mistake on our part because we're so overwhelmed by their media. We're so overwhelmed by their lies that they think anything they say, the opposite, must be true. And I've talked about this before, about capitalism uh, being having errors in its own right. There is an error. You know, ideas don't stand still. Ideas move toward the, their own fulfillment. They move toward the fulfillment, the most radical fulfillment of their own ideas. So every idea is always in motion. And so what you're always doing is you're fighting the motion of an idea. So if right now we're under the threat of socialism and socialism is on the move, so we're fighting back by saying capitalism, 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 which is right. But those things are on the move and we have to understand that no system, no system, is ever going to solve the problem of human sin. No system is ever going to solve the problem of human sin. So the, the problem with socialism is basically it says, we can force you to stop sinning. We can force you to stop being greedy. We can force you to stop being selfish. If we put this in place, we're going to take all your money away and we're going to spread it out in a good way. And it never you never remember the fact that the people doing that are just as sinful as you are. So they're just taking your money and spending it where they want to spend it and buying power for themselves, where in fact, 
you know, you could spend it on a Chinese dinner and support the restaurant down the street, right? That's that's the problem. The problem is that wherever you go, somebody, some human has to be making the decisions. That human is corrupt because that's what humans are, okay? The problem with capitalism is capitalism is a much better, smarter, wiser economic system. Capitalism harnesses your greed. It harnesses your selfishness for the greater good, right? You build a business in order to work under capitalism. Your business has to be more efficient, better, uh, cleaner, faster than the other business. So everything gets better under capitalism because we're both, we're all fighting over uh, our personal, for, to better our lives. And the way we can better our life is by bettering your life. And that makes capitalism a really smart system. However, it is then a mis mistake to think that because capitalism harnesses your greed and harnesses your selfishness and har harnesses your unbridled ambition for the common good, that your greed, your selfishness, and your ambition are then good. That's not true. And the way we know that's not true is that capitalism can become abusive, right? It can become, you, you know, uh, it's capitalist to get slave labor in China to bring down the price of iPhones in America. That may be good capitalism, but it's not good personhood. You need the values above all that. The fight that we're really in, the fight that we're really in is between materialism and I would say Christianity, but let's call it spirituality. That's the fight we're really in, okay? Because all of these guys who are supporting uh, globalism and are supporting no values, don't have any values, don't believe that, you know, you may believe that homosexuality is sin, don't believe that. You're, you're a bad person if you believe that. You may believe that a transgender person is not actually trans, don't believe that. Because all of your values cost money. They, all your values exclude a customer base. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with socialism here, but we're really dealing with materialism and greed above that. This globalism, and I know that there are individuals, many individuals who believe globalism is the way to a better future. I'm not saying that's not true. What I'm saying is that they are being swept away on a wave of materialism. The difference between materialism is materialism basically has to say there is no truth but what truth human beings make up. We can decide what the truth is. We can decide what's good and bad. We can describe, decide what's good and evil. Spirituality says, no, there's, there's God's truth. There's God's moral truth. We have to find out what it is, okay? Materialism says people are infinitely malleable. They will do what we tell them to do. They will become what we tell them to become. Spirituality, Christianity, says, no, we have to collaborate with what God made us. We have to collaborate with reality. They're, human beings have a nature. We have to collaborate with that nature to go forward in order to get as free and as uh, prosperous as we want. We have to collaborate with what human beings are. That's why we don't lie when somebody says, I, I look like a man, but I'm a woman. We, we say, look, you may feel like a woman, but you're not a woman. You know, that's, we want to make sure we're collaborating with reality because we believe there is a spiritual reality. Materialism says you will be happy if you have stuff. If you have as much stuff as the guy next to you, if you feel you have power, you will be happy. You don't need to have power. You don't need to have any spiritual life. You don't need to appreciate beauty. We'll tell you what beauty is. As long as you have a car, you have the things that you want, you will be happy. Spirituality says it's not going to work. That is not ultimately going to work. Ultimately, all those things that you're acquiring, the cars and the watches and the houses, all those things are a replacement for something else. If you go after that, you will be happy and you may be prosperous as well. Materialism says, basically, ultimately, all materialism says that the people, the ordinary people, are second rate. 
They, they're unoriginal. They have nothing to contribute. They have nothing to say. They don't really need to have the vote. Why, why do we have an electoral college? Why should people in Arkansas have the same power as people in New York? Why don't we just count up the votes and that's what it'll be like? And spirituality says, no, each person and each kind of person and each culture has a different way of experiencing the world. And we want to hear as many of those experiences as don't stop other people from having experiences. We're, we're not so thrilled about having uh, your experience of your experiences that everybody else has to shut up. This is the actual battle that we're in. It really is. When this guy says that Jesus is a Marxist, he is telling you that Jesus was not Jesus. That's what he's saying. And the, the thing is, all these people with this global point of view are really just looking for all, the ultimate in consumerism. They're looking for the ultimate in consumerism. And that's why they panic when anybody has an independent voice. Brian Stelter, who really is, he, he is a piece of work, I got to say. I, like, I, I can't hate the guy because I, I don't think he's doing it on purpose. You know, there's a, an alternative Twitter called, I, I believe it's pronounced Parler. I'm on it, but I don't get to use it that much because I just don't have time. There's Twitter and there's Parler, and Parler allows people to speak. Twitter is now censoring all conservative voices. Twitter censors conservative voices. It puts up little signs. If you say Trump won the election, it says, no, he didn't. You know, official people say he didn't. Official people. Like, you know, why should we believe official people? They've been lying for four years. But Twitter does that. So now Parler is blowing up and people are moving over to Parler. This is what Brian Stelter says about conservatives leaving Twitter, a, an international corporation that is censoring their voices and leaving it to go to Parler, a more open field for conversation. This is Brian Stelter's take on this cut 15. People are going more and more into their own echo chambers, more mm -hmm. and more into their own bubbles, especially Trump voters. There's this new social media app called Parler getting a lot of attention because conservatives are leaving, saying they're leaving Twitter and Facebook, going off to Parler because they believe Parler is a safer space for them. What we're seeing is even more of a bunker mentality in right wing media. And ultimately, that's not good for the country. No, it's, it's not good. It's a threat to democracy. It's a threat to democracy for people to go off a corporate site that is censoring them to go on a corporate site that's not censoring them. Think about that for a minute. I mean, think about, think about the level of stupidity. And first of all, the guy is talking about people going into their niches. He's on CNN. He's on CNN. The fact that he doesn't know he's in a niche just shows he's so deeply in a niche that he doesn't see the niche he's in. That's all that means, okay? That... that that they don't see this is a function of the fact that they don't see what they're supporting. They do not understand. They know not what they do. They truly don't. What we are looking at is a movement toward a global materialist world where basically everybody but the elite is focused on consuming stuff. That you will be happy if you can buy as much stuff as the guy next to you. As long as you don't feel worse than the guy next to you, you'll be fine. And somewhere up in the heavens, up in the, you know, where we can't see them will be Jack Boots Dorsey deciding what can be said on Twitter and will be, you know, the news corporations, these giant multinational news corporations. This is what they're selling. So I don't see this as a fight between, uh, you know, socialism and capitalism, though obviously I'm a capitalist. I'm far more capitalist than I am a socialist. And obviously I think capitalism should be fought for. But capitalism is not my creed. Christianity is my creed. Capitalism is not my religion. And where capitalism doesn't serve the, uh, to distribute wealth enough so that people can live and have the things that they need to get by, 
then I'm fine with compromising on capitalism. I'm fine with compromising on anything that keeps people free, that keeps people free, because I believe that each one of them, each one of them is of infinite value. Each one of the people is of infinite value, okay? And that's why, you know, I do not want their empire of lies to become our empire of lies. I don't want to fight their empire with an empire of our own. What I want is to take them down, each of us, each one of us, to stand up against them. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I think we're going to need some more courage than we have. That's why I think we're going to have to take some more risks. That's why I think we're going to have to speak up in our workplaces and our schools. And if we don't speak up in our workplaces and our schools, they will silence us because the only way lies can survive is if the people who stand against them silence them. That's it. That's it. So it's on us. We are stuck with it. We are stuck with the job of defending freedom, each of us, all of us, together, each of us alone. And the thing about it is, is this didn't happen because of systems. This happened because they took the culture. It happened because they took the academies. It happened because we t they took the entertainment media. It happened because they took the news media. We can take them back. It's that simple, but we're going to have to do it. And each of us is going to have to do it. And all of us are going to have to do it together. I got to stop there. I will be back again tomorrow. I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review. And also tell your friends to subscribe, too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Walsh Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Adam Saivitz and Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, is by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. 